Aspiring scientist Wayne Zielinski is building a shrink ray, but he can't quite figure out the final steps. A baseball flies through his lab window and activates the machine, shrinking his kids and his neighbor's kids. When the shrunken kids end up in the yard, which is now the equivalent of the Amazon to them, they must trek across a vicious land of giant bugs, sprinklers, lawnmowers, and enormous cookies in the 1989 family sci-fi adventure, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I'm Connor Izagari. I'm Caleb Stray. And this is Filmgasm. Happy Wednesday and welcome to the Filmgasm podcast. On today's show, we're talking the Disney cult classic, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Uh, We love the random picks. Don't always get a kid's movie, so it's kind of fun to step out of our dark shadows and into some light once in a while. Uh, and I've, this was a fan favorite of mine when I was a kid. I had this on tape. Uh, I enjoyed it. Haven't seen it in a long time and it's still pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I remember I saw it like maybe once or twice when I was a kid. So I never really had like a, like a, a deeper childhood love for it. And not that I hate it. It's just, I caught it on TV, watched it and kind of moved on. We never, we never owned it or anything. Um, so this is my first time seeing it in like years and it holds up. Um, I'll get more into it as we talk about, but it really holds up and it's a fun movie. Yeah, for me it was basically like if I had it on tape, I was watching it constantly as a as a child because I just went through my tape collection nonstop. It's why so many movies are just like, you know, permanent residents in my head. <laughs> and uh Honey I Shrunk the Kids was one of those tapes. Uh I'm excited to to talk about it today. But before we get into it, I've got one quick update on the rewind. This one updates our past episodes on Saw and Saw 2. Lionsgate has greenlit another Saw film for October 2023 with Saw 6 director Kevin Grutert returning, which is pretty cool. Saw 6 is one of the best. So, I mean, we already got, you know, Darren Lynn Bowsman's return with Spiral. Now we're going to Grutert's return. Be cool if down the road we get another James Wan Saw. Cool, they're kind of going like you know, greatest directors, like the greatest hits of Saw directors for these new ones. Are you trying to say we'll never get the guy who directed Saw Five? Probably not. <laughs> not a lot of people care for Saw Five. I don't really get it. I thought Saw Five was fine, but yeah, fair enough. Yeah, uh, I saw his friends. I was like, wait, because he did six, and no one said talks about, but he directed Saw Seven. Uh, yeah, I saw that in the article. I, I found this on, and I'm like, maybe we don't need to say that. But it's out there. It's been said. He also did Saw 3D. Yeah. But with that said, I know he was not keen on it. There was a lot of weird stuff kind of going on with the making of that film. And it was a hard time when they made it. So I know that's the whole thing in and of itself. Uh, But yeah, I mean, you got, you know, Darren Bowsman came back to Sparrow, which I enjoyed for the most part quite a bit. Um, They didn't always believe Chris uh, Rock in that particular uh, role, but he still killed it for the most part. Um, and yeah, you know, Gruter Star Six is a fan favorite, it's a personal favorite of mine. So, getting him back is pretty awesome to do this. And since it sounds like he's actually wanting to be back, unlike the whole fiasco that was all 3D, um, I'm sure we'll hopefully get something pretty stellar out of this. Yeah, the one thing that's been great about the Saw franchise is the consistency. Uh, they've all been pretty good for the most part. And, uh, even with, you know, they've had to get creative since saw three, 
because <laughs> killing off John Kramer in the middle of the s- series might not have been the best move, but we've made it work. And yeah, I'm excited. I, I enjoy the Saw franchise. I'm looking forward to another one. Yeah, I'm sure we'll find out, you know, who the 10th um, secret, secret, secret apprentices. I mean, why not just prequelize it? Why not just like, you know, have a movie that's in between like Saw 3 and 4 or 2 and 3 so we have, you know, Tobin Bell back. Yeah, I mean, I, I liked what they did with Spiral where they said it was someone that was just using the inspiration of the Saw killings to do his own thing. I liked what they did with that. So I was like, okay, that's a good way to kind of move it forward and get yourself out of the hole you create, which, I mean, granted, Saw 3 was the last one Lady Ronell and James Bond were actively, like, really involved with. So I'm one of those parts and I'm just trying to make it hard to continue after they left the franchise. Like, all right, try to write your way out of this one because we're out. <laughs> That's like the equivalent of like taking a shit on your desk on the way out after you got fired. It's like someone else has to clean this up. Like, I hope that's not why they did that. I'm sure it's not, but I mean, that's why I would do it. <laughs> but regardless, I like the idea of, you know, Kramer influencing people to, you know, make traps of their own. But I don't think that was very well received with Spiral. And I also think, you know, how many times can you do that? Like, yeah. And, well, and I also think it wasn't where we see, because I know a lot of people said they saw it coming. Like, a lot of people were like, oh, the guy that disappears halfway through the movie has to be him. Because he's the one, he is a- the one body they don't show us. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, they have a point. Like, he disappears. They don't show him. When they find him, they don't show his body. But we see all the other people die. I'm like, yeah, they didn't. They didn't really hide that one. As well, and the series known for his twist endings. I'm like, you could have tried a little bit harder. Like, actually, at very least, show his dead body to throw people off. Yeah, I, I still, again though, I did like the movie. No, I did like it. I was quite a fan still. So we'll see. October 2023. I'm sure that'll give us an excuse to do Saw three on the show if we haven't picked it up by the book by then. But uh, yeah, it'd be fun to have another Saw. The Halloween is, must be Saul, as it, they used to say. Exactly. So that's all for the rewind. Um, so, Caleb, I've got a question for you. Uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is one of Disney's pre-Pirates of the Caribbean big live-action successes, because let's be honest, <laughs> success for Disney's live-action changed when, when Jack Sparrow showed up. But this was a massive hit for Disney. And I was wondering what your thoughts are on Disney's live action output. Like, do you think they, a lot of these have, you know, stood the test of time? Like, do you have any favorites? I think most of them stand the test of time. I mean, obviously, on like things like Song of the South, but uh, that's something I can get into tomorrow when we talk, when we record for another episode, because it actually goes with my question. Um, but uh, I think, it, I think it does hold, I think stuff pre, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean holds up a lot better than stuff post Pirates of the Caribbean, and obviously that's minus Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, because I do quite enjoy the first three films. Um, but I think pre, yeah, I mean, you look at stuff like I know I, I think when we did, I can't remember if I named them on our episode with uh, the pacifier or not, but you look at stuff like Watcher in the Woods and um, Escape to Witch Mountain and uh, Peach Dragon. Um, something wicked this way comes like they were trying lots of different stuff with their live action stuff 
that made it very unique and different and i enjoyed it quite a bit i think my issue that happened with them was when pirates came out the apes they wanted to ape that success and that didn't work out for them you know haunted mansion flop maybe no granted it's coming back so we'll see how this new one is but uh you know the eddie murphy one didn't do hot a lot of the films we kept trying to do in that vein didn't do hot and they got big success with the live actioning of their cartoons and now they're just running that train around like that's why I say, like, pre-Pirates, I've, I actually really enjoy a lot of their live-action stuff, a lot of their live-action output. I like the originality. I like the creative chances they were taking. You know, Pirates was so cool, but it also kind of, like, they've been chasing that high ever since. And they've never captured it again, even in the sequels. Like, after At World's End, it was like, you know, just, just let it go. And they try, you know, Haunted Mansion, like you said, Tomorrowland. Like, they just couldn't get it. And now they're just, you know, recycling all their cartoons. Like, there's not, like, the originality is dead. But I liked, you know, films, like, for me, you know, the pinnacle of of live-action Disney is Mary Poppins, which is such a delightful film and very fun and creative. And I also kind of love how much the author hated it. Uh, that always makes me laugh. Like, usually I'm on board, but in this case, I'm like, you were being difficult being very difficult so difficult they made a movie about how difficult she was called saving mr banks i did watch i did watch that one yes <laughs> but yeah honey i shrunk the kids is is a fun you know wacky family adventure that works for everybody and that's what you know disney's always been known for is you know, family films for everybody uh but yeah there's some I, like live action ones i don't care for like i watched the black hole and that was just dull. Had, we had that on VHS. I remember my mom raved about it. I remember watching this kid just being bored out of my mind. Yeah, my dad was the same way. He loved that movie. And then I watched it and I'm like, why? <laughs> God. Boring yeah. ass movie. Um, I will say this. I won't say all this woe with Disney's live action output. Because, again, I know I brought this up before. For those who don't know, Brina Vista Home Entertainment or Brina Vista in general used to be on my Disney. They used it as the wing to kind of get more R-rated stuff out there, things they didn't have to put their name on, but was still Disney-owned. So that's how uh, Tombstone, for example, is obviously the biggest success people know from that one. Um, Tombstone, they have others. It's not just Tombstone, but that's like the biggest one people take from it. Um, so that's a Disney film, just under a different label. I will say, as much as I was scared when they bought Fox slowly for the fucking X-Men, um... <laughs> I do like that they've brought that back in their live action output. I do really appreciate that with making 20th Century Studios a way like bring a visa to hide behind and say like, yeah, it's still Disney, but we don't put our name on it and we can be taking chances for our stuff. And we've seen what happened this like two weeks ago now or last week. Sorry, but pray. Yeah. See, I don't think that counts, though. Like to me, that's that's a 20th Century Studio movie. Like if Disney's not putting their name on it, then it doesn't count. Like, you know, I don't count the Marvel movies or the Star Wars movies. Like, those aren't, I don't see those as Disney movies. Same with Alien and Predator now. Like, that's just its own thing. Like, I need to see Walt Disney Studios on that poster, or it's not a Disney movie. I don't know, but I'm just saying, like, I would love if it was Walt Disney Studios presents Prey. That would be hilarious. they're, They're distributed by Disney. So, but Disney just doesn't have to put their name on it. And then people don't 
say anything. And even then, like it's starting to that's that mentality I think is starting to bleed into Marvel because I mean Marvel Zombies is supposed to be a TVMA, Deadpool 3 is supposed to stay rated R, like apparently they stopped giving a shit if their name's not on it. They're like, whatever, as long as it makes money. Which is totally fine with me. I just would love if they actually had the balls to throw Walt Disney Studios on an R-rated movie. That right. Just, Can you imagine that would make my day. If we do get an Alien vs. Predator film again, which, I mean, considering Hulu, Freddy Alvarez is directing a fucking Alien film for Hulu, now I would get a good laugh seeing like Disney's logo pop up before the title. I want to see the castle. I want to hear the Pinocchio music. I want to see Tinkerbell do her thing and then just like super dark. <laughs> immediately to somebody getting their spine ripped out <laughs> ah, but yeah there's you know disney's got a long history of live action success i've always wanted to see tron which is one of their big ones i've never i saw the sequel but i've never seen the original that, tron. that's another one i thought was so overrated i, I watched it on skin i was like this is kind of boring and not that cool well i'll try i know austin's a huge fan of the mighty ducks franchise i do love the mighty Duck, ducks i adore the mighty ducks <laughs> that's good I haven't seen them yet. Uh, I will. Oh, they're good. I I remember them being good as a kid. I can't speak on how the trilogy goes now as an adult, but I remember as a kid, I used to watch all the time. Nice. I think when I was on a cruise, when I was a kid, I stayed in this uh, kind of kids camp thing during the day while my family went and got fucked up. And I was, I was like eight or nine years old. And we watched this movie called Blank Check which is a Disney movie about this kid who winds up with like a million dollars worth of mob money. <laughs> I don't remember most of it, but I remember like it ends with like him making out with like a full grown woman, which is really strange and fucked up. So, you know, they're not all winners. No. Uh, remember, you, you ever uh, watch like Disney Channel as a kid and the Disney Channel original movies when that was a big thing? That is a special weird little zone of film that does not get talked about anymore no it doesn't it's because i saw some wonderful things as a kid because of disney channel original movies i love maybe my favorite thing about disney plus is that all of those are available to watch like yeah. they're all back like before disney plus we had no way to watch any of that shit <laughs> now i can watch that weird christmas movie called twas the night where brian cranston steals santa's sleigh and starts robbing houses on christmas eve yeah it's pretty awesome or that uh, kid that one where the kid like on the basketball team starts turning into a leprechaun because he finds out uh, his parents I, are irish dude i watched the shit out of that i think it's like look at the irish i used to watch the shit out of that movie that one more the kid was like his dad wanted to be like a like a football player or something but he loved to cook so he went to like a culinary school I, that was my shit i love that movie there was one i think it was called like don't look under the bed where yeah yeah, with the boogeyman and the imaginary friend. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was yeah. a good one. Uh, that was it wasn't as... shit. Like for for a Disney Channel movie, that that, that got dark. Oh, they, that uh, they used to do uh, horror films every year. That's how I fell in love with Halloween Town. They're Disney Channel original films. Halloween, Halloween Town. Town. Yeah, I still watch right. that. I watched it last year for the first time in like five six years, and I was like, "This is fucking awful," but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> it's Disney Channel. It's not. This is not primo real estate here. Like. No, I mean, yeah, and then uh, the one I can't believe you haven't mentioned, but Disney film that we all people love and adore now, but Hocus Pocus. That's yeah, that's right. I always forget that's a Disney movie. I don't, I don't know why. 
Disney once Disney for the longest time wanted people to forget that was a Disney movie until it became like a huge hit, and then they're like, maybe we can cash in on this. They do that a lot when something like when they want you to not recognize one of their movies, they make it very clear until people start embracing it, and then they're like, we've always loved this movie. Like, here's a Funko Pop, here's a T-shirt, here's a sequel. Yeah. So, yeah, it's almost like, you know, they're a two-faced movie production company that could give a fuck about people. Yeah. It's like most production companies. Yep. Hollywood is a dangerous, scary place that makes entertainment. Especially a particular one that has not left the news. WB. Uh, I heard a thing about Ezra Miller today, and apparently a Batgore actor who will be anonymous went off on Zaslav. I hope it was Michael Keaton or Ben or Brendan Fraser. <laughs> Everyone's thinking it's like uh, Rose Leslie yeah. uh, or herself, but I'm like, she did her Twitter thing where, or Facebook, Instagram where she was like, it's all cool. I was like, but those two have been mom and Brendan Fraser. I can see it because like DC has been real nice to him between Doom Patrol and now Batgirl. I would see where he might be angry. But again, it's anonymous. This is an anonymous. Did you say? At all. Did you say Rose Leslie? Was it Rose Leslie or was it Leslie Grace? Leslie Grace. Yeah. I had a Rose that Leslie, wasn't... I think, is in Titans, and that's what threw me off. She was the the redheaded uh, wildling in Game of Thrones. That's right. Yeah. I get my names confused all the time. I know. I'm here to help. No, you're not. <laughs> Lying whore. I would. Lo- I would love if Brendan Fraser just had enough. Like he's so nice and friendly, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> like just with all this, that would be awesome. I would love. I just imagine his his him. He just busts through the door of that dude's office. What the fuck are you doing? He's still carrying all that whale weight, and he just is like like a fucking juggernaut just walking in there. Like I'm gonna fuck shit up. <laughs> he's just in. His- he just becomes uh, Cliff from fucking Doom Patrol. Just completely <laughs> loses it. Uh, it is just remarkable. I've heard like the Batman 2 has been pushed back indefinitely. Like nobody knows when the fuck that's happening now. Like, why would you do this? Why would you just sabotage every surefire win you had just to make I... your mark on this studio? Everyone hated him overnight. Yeah. I'm really hoping one day just to hear that there's like he's been told to step down or something. I'm waiting for somebody on the production team to leak the entire movie of Batgirl. That's gonna happen. Oh, like you know, uh, Ryan Reynolds may or may not have leaked the Deadpool footage. Yeah, Michael Keaton's gonna just be like, you know, just I'm just minding my business on my computer, and oh, whoops, oh, I hit the space bar. I hope nothing happens there. <laughs> just look. They're doing all this and then bending over backwards for the fucking Flash movie because it's tested positive through the roof. And I hate that they're taking so much into account with test audiences as if they've ever been fucking reliable in the past. Um, Because in case you're wondering, they haven't. Um, Plenty of films we love now tested poorly. Um, It's all subjective. And I've, I've never understood why studios don't understand that. Like what I like, somebody else might hate and vice versa. We saw that yeah. recently with Spookies. So you're wrong, but yes. Just let let us decide. Release it and just let us decide if we like it or not. For fuck's sake. 
yeah it it's just infuriating it's like dude like uh oh yeah so then you go back because you hear the three options right and this yeah. is insane to me keep in mind as we're like i don't give a fuck that they're a, you know a famous actor i'm air curling that shit because i do not understand the appeal of ezra miller even before all this shit went down i've made that very known before all this shit went down um but as far as i'm concerned you're grooming teenagers teenage girls you're grooming a lot of them based off how many parents came forward you're asking us to go to jail that's disgusting that is sick well, there was the theft, there was the cult shit, there was the, the guns, like the assaults. He's uh yeah, he's done everything but straight up murder somebody that we know of. Yes, and with that said, this is the three options they came up with for the flashbang. But again, back or tested poorly. We need to shelve it, and no one can see this movie. And Batman 2, you know, that's a surefire win, delayed indefinitely. The flash. Ezra Miller seeks help, does limited press. Still release the film. That's option one. Option two, Ezra Miller does not seek help. Does zero press. Still release the movie. How is, how is that an option? <laughs> option three is scrap it entirely. Notice that option three is like the dead last one. Option two is just let it ride. Unreal, man. Ugh. It Everything else is getting delayed indefinitely. Shelved can canceled but fucking flash has to come out is aquaman 2 still happening i've heard nothing about that i think that's still happening i think he's scared of jason momoa i so everything that's supposed to come out this year except batgirl is still happening yes okay are you going to tell the rock his movie's not coming out are you going to be that guy after everything he's been through with black adam honestly if this guy had tried they would have found his ass like beaten to death with a folding chair. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, it really is amazing to me how it seems like this guy, this seems like an egregious act of self-sabotage that I can't understand. Yeah. And then, and then people like, what was it? Stupid fan theories are propping up. Like, you know, they're trying to build up. And this was before then all this other new shit was happening or, oh, yay, that he's ending the Hamada verse. Because that's the DC Films president, Mar Hamada, who I've talked about already, has to me led the greater, the better years of this with his approach to how he wants to do DC films and shows and stuff. Um, you know, they're ending then, they're rebuilding the Snyderverse because, you know, Ben Affleck is now apparently going to be in Aquaman 2, probably for a fucking scene, not even the whole movie. And, you know, he has his role in The Flash, and people are like, oh, he's rebuilding the Snyderverse. I'm like, no, he's not, because that shit's getting canned too. I hope it's just a deep fake of Affleck's face over Amber Heard's, but that's it. Like, it still sounds like her. It's still the same character. It just looks like Ben Affleck with red yeah. hair. Oh, God. But yeah, it, it's like, do you guys really care that much about your verse that, like, all this stuff is getting canceled and people are losing jobs that they had and... I just, I just keep I just keep picturing that scene in Iron Man where Obadiah Stane is like, you know, Tony Stark built this in a cave. Like that that's this guy. He's just screaming at DC's creative people like, "Give me Marvel. I want Marvel right now. Give it to me." Well, and that's what yeah, that's exactly what it is. He has not shut the hell up about how he wants it to be the MCU and a Kevin Feige like type who he hasn't found yet. Cuz you can't. <laughs> 
Everyone has tried to replicate Marvel. No one has come even fucking close. Yeah. So it's like a guy who clearly doesn't have a plan other than like, hey, I want a Feige like type for DC. I have a 10 year plan, but no actual films planned out for it. <laughs> but give me a Feige like it's like, dude, DC was in such a good place and you're crashing and burning it. It's like they finally had something. It wasn't Marvel, but it was something. I was starting to actually get excited for their films. Fandom, I remember fandom passed this year. I was like, I am legitimately on board, minus Flash, but everything they showed, I'm down for. And then this guy fucked it all up. I don't remember how we got here, but I don't know either. But you know, it, just, it seeps into every episode we've done because it's infuriating as shit. We can't stop talking about it. <laughs> it's infuriating, like new developments every day. It's so annoying right now. Oh. <laughs> They were oh. like the WWE is like the COVID of fucking movie films of of studios. Yes. Well, Apparently. here's hoping he stops canceling projects. I mean, he's got to he, he has to have run out by now, right? I'm I'm worried about my big thing, and I stand by it. Is please turn this guy isn't one of those that hates horror films because if I don't get Evil Dead Rise, I'm I'm look I'm going to California. I'm burning the goddamn studio down. Well, you heard it here, folks. <laughs> WB catches fire, you know who did it. <laughs> Don't take Evil Dead Rise from me, you son of a bitch. Well, back to what well, back to the to the point. Some Disney's, something with Disney and yeah, live Disney's action. live action movies. Uh interesting history. Of course, you know, cartoons yeah. are bread and butter. But when you know when they go live action, most of the time they pull it off, but then pirates changed everything. Honey, I shrunk the kids is in that sweet spot. Yes. And if Two of my personal favorites to seek out, The Watchmen in the Woods, and um, Something Wicked This Way Comes. Yeah, very nice. Um, I I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of them. I'm going to go ahead and just shout out Flubber and Inspector Gadget. Why not? <laughs> uh, I did just watch Inspector Gadget, and I can't in good conscience hate that movie. I just, I like it. It's like it's like her Space Jam for me, where people are like, you know, Space Jam sucks. I'm like, your point. I love Space Jam. I don't think that movie sucks at all. I adore Space Jam. The sequel sucks, but that first film was wonderful. When I heard "Come on and Slam, Welcome to the Jam," I was like, don't mind if I do. Come on and Slam, Welcome to the Jam. That movie rocks. Space Jam's the shit. I love. Anyway, that that movie tricked me into thinking Michael Jordan was a nice guy. Yeah, then you hear the stories about how much of a monster he is. You're like, oh my god. I know. It's like, Christ. <laughs> um, so, let's talk a bit about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and how this movie came about. It's actually pretty neat how many people in odd territory kind of came together to make this thing. Yeah, I texted you earlier because so I was like, there is no way these people were attached to yeah. this movie. Usually Disney is like, you know, they want to maintain image. They don't hire horror people. They don't hire people with like dark pasts. It's like if you're if you're not family friendly, super clean, you don't work with Disney. Yeah. Well, horror and, and once we say the names, specifically the horror films, they they did. I was out with my friend Margaret today. Shout out if you're watching this. Hi, Margaret. And I was explaining Reanimator to her, and I mentioned the. Told her like why this movie is so famous, and I told her about the head scene. She was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah." (laughs) Also, the other film I also own. Ah, 
Castleford. Yeah. So, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids came from the combined talents of Stuart Gordon and Brian Yuzna, or Yuzna, I don't know how to say that. I'm going to go with Yuzna, okay. They pitched it to Disney as Teeny Weenies. That was the original title. I've got to say, I'm glad they changed it. Sweet Jesus. Yeah. And for those who don't know, these are the four people we're talking about. These are the guys who gave us Reanimator from Beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, I was holding up a Castle Freak. Uh, one of them gave us Society. I believe it was Yuzna. Um, yeah. Yep. For those of you who don't know about Society, just don't don't type the shunting into Google if you want to protect your eyes. Watch the film and then watch all that glory. Uh, <laughs> so Gordon is indeed the writer and director of Reanimator and some other interesting films. Yuzna directed Bride of Reanimator, Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, and Return of the Living Dead 3. Uh, and they came to Disney with this goofy little shrinky movie, which Bri- is so weird. I'm surprised they were allowed in the door. I'm surprised Disney, I'm surprised, probably had not seen Reanimator or Bride of Reanimator, which is also really good. If you haven't seen Bride of Reanimator, it's really fucking good. I haven't seen the two sequels yet, but I have a very nice version of Reanimator because that's a pretty good movie. Yeah, I will say I haven't seen Beyond, but I do think you're like Bride. It's like it just notches everything up to 11 and just fucking goes for it. It's it's great. Sweet. Um, I'm su- I'm surprised Disney doesn't have like a shit list of like notable horror people who are like not allowed to to pitch to Walt Disney Studios. Like I feel like they'd have that, not formally, um, but like you know in the in in the special I'm, war. I'm sure they have some names like Tom Six. I'm sure is never going anywhere near. They probably went not the Human Centipede guy. Let's not do that. Can you imagine that? Like he gets like assigned to like direct like. The, re- the remake of Robin Hood or some shit. <laughs> Imagine the backlash. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, I would watch it because I have seen all human all three human centipede films. And I know he's having he's having a hell of a time trying to get his new film out, but he is like, I guess it's really outrageous. And it he's he's been getting barred from release for years and he has been fighting it every single day. <laughs> I hope he wins. I don't necessarily I don't really agree do. with what he's doing, but I will fight to the death for his right to do it. Yeah, and I'm, at this point, there's such a legend around that film because of it that I'm like, I want to see it. Like, let it release so I can watch it. I'm all about, you know, release every movie ever. Just let us watch it. Just let us watch it. Yeah, it's up to us. Stop trying to censor my shit. Let me watch what I want to watch. Yeah, you're not going to stop me from watching stuff like the Sadness of Serbian film. Well, I regret one and enjoy the other. Absolutely. You're not my mom, Hollywood. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, horror directors doing a kids movie. Very um, outrageous horror films, I should point out. Yeah, like over the top. Like this is not, you know, some PG thirteen shit. This is this is the real deal. <laughs> this isn't the Changeling or Poltergeist or John. This is Reanimator yeah. from Beyond Society. Like these are some fucking. This is a disembodied head, like you know, doing some licking. If you don't know about it, like it's eating out. It's a disembodied head giving head. Yeah. Ha ha ha. It's pretty. It's pretty outrageous. You can't help but laugh. It's like where it's else would I ever see something like this outside of like hell? Yeah, it's outrageous. And if you get the joke, it's it's kind of funny. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I I love seeing it on um, you know, scary movie countdowns and everyone does that. You know, <laughs> talk about some good head. <laughs> Am I right? Like those jokes. 
Like, I wonder if it'll. Uh, I mean, not that Shutter series I told you they're doing next month. I wonder if it'll. I, be I can't cool. wait. I have been waiting for another one of those for so long. I'm so excited for that. That's why I texted you. I was like, "Oh, dude, you won't believe it. it's supposed to be like an eight part series. So they're dividing it. So it's gonna be like a you know a big event thing for them. Perfect. Oh, we're. Oh, it's gonna be wonderful. I can't wait. Uh, so Disney bought it somehow. These two freaks were able to <laughs> pitch their their project to Disney, and Disney was like, "You know what? That sounds pretty good. Let's do it." Yeah, I mean, hey, power to them. I, I don't side, I really like these two guys. Like, they have made some like as a horror fan, I do really like what they've put out. But it's just when I saw an answer, I was like, "Really? You guys convinced Disney to make this? Like, Disney and MB go, whoa, 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 whoa." You think that their original pitch was like super fucked up and dark and horrific, but like no other studio wanted it. And all they had left was Disney. And they're like, well, they're not going to buy it this way. We got to trim this down. <laughs> what if they just use the fact that they're like, look, Disney, you did something wicked. This way comes from the watcher in the woods and you want to judge us. They just use that as leverage. Like, come on. You, you, must, you must be nice from that glass house of yours, Disney. <laughs> Just giving them like empty platitudes and like hmm, just shaming them into accepting right. the movie. Looking at their brain of Vista films, going, huh, interesting. You distribute these films, interesting. Yeah, I can't use the Santa Claus as an as a example because that hadn't come out yet. But like, I love that they're like, you know, you gave Tim Allen, you know, the the coke mule <laughs> a job. <laughs> so <laughs> we're really gonna split hairs here, Disney. I mean, we like home improvement too, but come on, guys. <laughs> uh, so Disney bought the pitch, and now we needed somebody to pen it, and you could be damn sure they weren't going to let these guys write it. <laughs> so they hired Tom Schulman, and he is the guy who wrote What About Bob, Medicine Man, Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag, and Welcome to Mooseport. He also won an Oscar for Dead Poets Society, which came out the same year as Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. So he had a good 89. They had a guy who did what about Bob and Dead Poets Society to do the script. They're like, yeah, we don't want well, the that, horror guys. That hadn't happened yet. Oh, At that okay. time, he had only written Dead Poets Society. But still, I know. I, I love it. They're like, I feel like how that go. They were like, okay, look, we like your story pitch, but could you guys tone it down? We've seen your movies in the past. They're like, absolutely not. No way. They're like, we'll give you credit, but we're getting someone else in to write it. Deal. I find that they're still like, no. <laughs> we write or we walk. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so, yeah, Dead Poets is an amazing movie. Schulman won an Oscar, and then he wrote Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. It's, it's, it's outrageous. I wonder how much he had to deal with Gordon and Yuzna and how many times he had to shoot down their fucking wild, crazy, non-PG ideas. Check this out when the Ann attacks, okay? That's when one of the kids dies, right? It rips the kid in half. We don't cut away. Graphic detail, blood and guts. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is a Disney film, guys. I'm just picturing them like holding their ground. Like, we need the scene where Wayne eats his son. That happens. He chews him up. Like, or we walk. We have a guy that can do all these makeup fakes. Screaming Mad George. Have you seen Society? The Shunting? We'll give you an ideal. They went, oh, God, no. Oh, fuck, no. <laughs> that guy's not coming anywhere near this movie. <laughs> uh, Gordon planned to direct it, but he had to drop out due to a sudden illness. 
Uh, couldn't find any more on that. He just got sick. So he ended up getting replaced by Joe Johnston, who at the time was just a well-known effects guy and art director. This was his uh, direct his directing debut. Uh, he would later direct films like Jumanji, The Rocketeer, October Sky, Jurassic Park 3, The Wolfman Remake, and Captain America, The First Avenger. So pretty decent resume for a guy who never really expected to be a director. Yeah. Right. Sorry, I was looking up Gordon. Uh, I was like, he didn't even die. He didn't pass away until 2020. No, it wasn't wasn't like life threatening. He was just like a little sick. But you get a little sick, Disney's gonna replace your ass immediately. Yeah, apparently that's that's awesome. Okay, so apparently they were cool with him, and they were like, "Yeah, you can direct." <laughs> I have a feeling they were gonna horribly regret that had the illness not happened. <laughs> this could ah. have been Disney's first like official horror movie. <laughs> Hardcore horror, not even skirting around it, just. Wow. The, gateway. Uh, the gates are open. Enter if you dare. <laughs> you, Ruby, where you're in for a scare. Uh, throwback. Use most references for y'all. Um, I mean, I, that Joe Johnson, I think I talked about with Trash Park 3. If you want guys want to check out that, be on the bad episode back on Trash Board. Uh, what was it called? Dominion. 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 It, 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 it sucked. Who cares? Um, sorry, I know you liked it, but I fucking hate Dominion. The more I um, thought about it, the more I think I might have been a little hasty on that. I, I'm just gonna say a lot of your likes were being pulled from the book, and I'm like, I get it, but movie timeline, this film kind of sucks. I, I did get excited when I heard Dodson. You did. <laughs> Now it's kind of like Connor. Like if we're looking at the movie timeline, this one kind of falls flat on its face. I watched the honest um, trailer today, and I had a lot of moments of like, you know what? I think they might be right. <laughs> I haven't seen the honest trailer yet. I'm going to watch it. Hopefully, <laughs> but yeah, um, go on. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, he's he's very hit and miss, man. Like he'll do something like this that works and is really good, and then he'll do like Jurassic Park three or fucking the Wolfman because. I still regret the day that I was I got a fake option to go see that or the crazies. The remake of the crazies. And it I you know how it was fake? Because I want to see the crazies, but it was my mom asking. And I was like, I know which one you're gonna want to fucking watch. So I kindly picked the Wolfman, which no one who went with me liked. I think I went with my mom and my aunt. None of us walked out happy. We rented the crazies. Uh, I think that was back when we started the video store, I believe. Um, in Blanco, so we rented it there, and I watched that thing the entire weekend we had it rented several times. Showed it to her, she went, Oh, this was really good. I was like, Yeah, that was the other option. The other option, how do you take Benicio del Toro, Anthony Hopkins, I think Emily Blunt, and she may have been in it, but it's been fucking yeah, I saw it once and was not impressed, and Hugo Weaving with. Werewolf effects by Rick Baker and fuck that up. <laughs> like, oh, that movie pissed me off. I've given that movie so many chances. I get distance from it and I start thinking, like, maybe it was maybe it was good. Was was it that bad? Do I really remember it that bad? And every time I watch it, I'm like, yeah, it's that bad. So, ah. Yeah. Dude, the oh, it bugged me just how that's why I say like it's weird, man. What the weird thing is, like, it's so hard to like for me to see like, is it his fault or not? Because in all these cases, he's never the writer. He is just the director they bring on board. So it's like, 
is it his fault? Is it like he just like I, well in the case of Trash Park Three, we saw what you know again. If you want to hear the whole thing, be on the bad episode. We did not. I forget the episode number. My apologies, but we don't have many episodes anyway. So look that one up to get the full detail on that. Alan, um, Alan, uh, you know that was a troubled fucking production. The fact that he even got the film made is incredible at this point. Um, so it's like, is it his fault or is it like he just he gets sometimes like real lucky with a production like Tiny Shark the Kids that was relatively smooth, and then something like The Wolfman and Trash Park Three that was a fucking hellacious thing to make. I don't know because you know Jumanji is one of my all time favorite movies. I love Jumanji, and the first Captain America is one of my favorite Marvel movies. So like when yeah. he hits, he fucking hits. Yeah, he. That's what I say. Like when he hits, he does great. Like Jumanji, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Captain America, uh, the first Avenger. That was the time. I was like, what was the subtitle of the first movie? <laughs> uh, uh, you know, he yeah, he does great. And you know, and I mean, unfortunately, in case of Captain America, I do like the sequels better. But that's only because that was years later. They could do more with it. But I mean, he did a great job introducing that character, giving us Captain America, and you know, all that good stuff. Um, so yeah, when he hits, he does great, but man, when he misses, I'm just there going, what the fuck happened? Well, he hasn't really done anything of note since Captain America, which is odd. It's like the world's against him or something. He is an Oscar winner, though. I found that out. He won um, an Oscar for best visual effects for his work on Raider, Raiders of the Lost Ark. He worked on that uh, right. alongside Richard Edlund, Kit West, and Bruce Nicholson. So he's, he's a talented dude uh, who's yeah. got a lot to brag about. And Marvel hasn't even... I'm actually surprised Marvel hasn't asked him to come back. Because I feel like he played well within the whole idea of like, oh, you want me to make someone within your larger universe? I've done that before. Yeah, I don't know. I guess, you know, the Russos outshined him by quite a lot, unfortunately. Like I said, I do like the first Captain America, but, I mean, mm-hmm. bunch of soldier and Civil War kicked ass. <laughs> He's the only character with a, like, just complete... Well, no, Spider-Man. I was going to say complete, like, perfect trilogy, but then I'm like, no, no, Spider-Man. I was like, don't. Yeah, that Spider-Man trilogy is really good. Never mind. Well. And you know what? I dare say it. Ant-Man's trilogy might be really good also. Yeah. I'll say it. I like the first two films. Everyone kind of tries to really give shit to Ant-Man. I'm like, they're fine movies. They're not epic like the rest of them to you, but they're fun. Yeah. I think, you know, Ant-Man 3 is going to be great. I think uh, Guardians 3 is going to be just as good. So I've I, I think we're going to see some more, you know, finished off perfect I, trilogies from Marvel. I think they learned their lesson from Iron Man. I hope so. They made a whole movie fixing that mistake. God, dude, first movie, awesome. Second film, what the fuck was going on? Because they were like, let's just do everything but an Iron Man 2 movie. And in Iron Man 3, I do stand by that, like, most of it's actually good and far superior to Iron Man 2. But they get to that fucking twist, and that's when it just falls apart for me. Yeah, exactly. That's why I don't really, I don't, I haven't really gone back to Iron Man three. I just don't feel like it. I, if I want to see the Mandarin, I'll watch Shang Chi again. Yeah, and I still get Ben Kingsley being absolutely hilarious. Yeah, I am glad he got a little bit of redemption there. Uh, well, anyway, yeah, Joe Johnston. So when he came on board. The title was changed from Teeny Weenies to Grounded uh, to appeal to a wider audience. It turns out people don't want to see a movie called Teeny Weenies. They don't know what the hell that is. It sounds dirty or it sounds like it's for babies. Yeah, I will say it sounds like something for children or like the worst, like the most terribly named porn film ever. I mean, I'm assuming somewhere, somebody out there has a micro dick 
fetish. That'd be a great title for it. Um, it was then changed to the big backyard before finally deciding on Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, which was a line from the film that they felt encapsulated the movie. So good work deciding on that, although the big backyard might have worked. Yeah. Big back. Uh, I think they. I think they went fine with Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Big back backyard could have worked, but I don't know. It doesn't roll off the tongue as well. Grounded doesn't make any sense. Yeah, because we're never grounded. It's weird. Yeah. Um. Anyway, the script was written with Chevy Chase in mind to play the lead. However, he declined. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> the more don't get me wrong, I like a lot of his comedies, but man, like. That guy was an asshole. Like, why would you even want to bother dealing with it? Like, why? He never really, nobody ever, like, he never lost any opportunities. That's the weird thing. Like, he was just a prick his whole career, and he got a career. There was never a moment where he was like, this moment, you know, he never had a moment of like, maybe I should stop being an asshole, because he never got told no. <laughs> he never had his Robert Downey Jr. moment of self-reflection where he's like, God, I've been a prick. He never had that. Yeah, he kept getting part. Don't get me wrong. Like, uh, I'd say a recent part I liked him a lot in was in Community when I was watching Community. Um, you know, he was funny in that, but I mean, even they got tired of Chef after a while and wrote him off. Yeah. So Chevy Chase said no. So their second choice was John Candy. And uh, he would have been great. He's always great. Oh, so he's always reliable. But he passed, uh, for reasons unknown, maybe scheduling conflicts. Uh, but he recommended his old uh, Second City TV friend, Rick Moranis, who ultimately was cast as Wayne Zielinski. And that would be the last character he would ever play because the third Shrunk movie was his last film in Hollywood before he left to raise his kids in a safe environment. Uh, nothing but respect for Rick Moranis. I think he's a, a hilarious actor and a really good person. Oh, yeah, he's... You know, he's hilarious. It's funny when you watch it and, you know, I don't think people really appreciate if you just watch like Ghostbusters, right? You don't really appreciate how funny he's being in that movie until you watch this and you realize like the voice he was doing, the posture he was doing, everything he was doing in Ghostbusters was all for the movie. Um, all the the simple fact that, you know, it wasn't until recent that I learned when um that part when he's walking around the during his party at his house and he just keeps rambling on. And all of that was ad-libbed by him. None of that was in the script. They, he just started doing it, and they filmed it. I love that. That's so brilliant. <laughs> and he's just, I love he's like, this whole place, this whole party's a write-off. That's why I invited clients instead of friends. You having a good time? It's like, <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. And then you watch this, and he's a lot, he's pretty much himself. And you're like, oh, shit, this is actually how he actually sounds and, like, conducts himself and stuff. Yeah. And, but he's still hilarious. He's still so fun. He's on the fucking thing. Like, just swinging around looking for the kids. <laughs> yeah, he's... I, I've always loved him in this. My all-time favorite film of his, by far, is Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, he's great in that. He is I so good in Little Shop of Horrors. I named my cat Seymour after his character, Seymour Crawlborn, in that movie. And then, of course, you know, Spaceballs. Just, I love Dark Helmet. <laughs> <laughs> What's your last name, Private? Asshole, sir. And yours? Asshole. Um, yes, you're an asshole too. Yes, sir. Oh, wow, I'm surrounded in a room full of assholes. <laughs> oh, I love Spaceballs. It's been yeah. a while I watched that. Yeah, right? yeah, nothing but like 
as as a comedian, one of the best. Um, and don't I selfishly would have loved for him to kept going and gotten more stuff out. I was hoping I know they convinced him to come back for the the re- the reboot of this that they're working on. Yeah. Um, and that's awesome that they could. I was hoping they could find a way to convince him for Ghostbusters, but. With that said, he was convinced to do Honey, I Shrunk the Kids reboot. What the fuck they're going to call it? Um, We're going to talk about that towards the end of the show. And it's pretty yeah. um, you know, if they convince him for that, they confirmed a Ghostbusters sequel happening that's now set in Manhattan, which means are they going to see if they can pull off getting him back for that now? Be like, hey, we're bringing it back to Manhattan and see if we can get him in and, you know, bring his character back, which would be just great. But with that said, you know, the reason he left. You know, you don't see that a lot in Hollywood. Like I said, you know, there's a very, there's a, unfortunately a very small list of generally nice people in Hollywood. And Rick Moranis is on that list with people like Adam Sandler and Keanu Reeves, just people that you never hear a bad thing about. They're just generally wonderful human beings to work with. Well, I mean, at the top of your career to just leave Hollywood because you want your kids to be raised in a place of love after your wife passes away, that shows an incredible amount of character. And I've just, I've never, I've never not loved Rick Moranis, especially after I found out about that. I was like, God damn, what a saint. So good, good for him. I'm, I'm excited to see him again. And uh, I hope, you know, remember when that one asshole like clocked him in New York? Oh yeah. That was the weirdest story. Like we don't hear about Rick Moranis for 20, 30 years. And he's in the news because some asshole decked him in New York city. Yeah, for no reason. <laughs> I think they got him. They arrested the guy for assault. But like, you imagine you're just like you're some crazy dude, and you decide to punch people, and you end up knocking out Rick Moranis. Yeah, can you imagine like if the I wonder how the cops respond. Like the cops were like, "Wait a minute, there's a disturbance in the force. Did someone just punch Rick Moranis? Oh, we gotta get that motherfucker right now." Two Canadian Mounties are like, "We gotta cross the border." <laughs> like, don't ask it's me why. Fucking- we just have to do this. An all-out police raid to catch this guy. No one punches Rick Moranis on our watch. <laughs> that was the weirdest headline I've ever read. Like Rick Moranis knocked out in like in Times Square or wherever the fuck it was. But he was okay. Just amazing that like you'd punch the world's nicest man. Yeah. Like, dude, people again, like I hear if I would ever hear anything bad happen to people like him, Kanye Reeves, Adam Sandler. I think some names that escape that are escaping me right now. Those top three that always pop up. Um, I would be like, the fuck's wrong with you? They're nice. Why are you doing that to those people? Leave them alone. Yeah. Take it out on an actual asshole in Hollywood. How's that sound? Yeah, punch Tom Cruise out. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I would not blink an eye. And also, update. I'm holding strong not seeing <laughs> Top Gun Maverick in theaters, and they finally just announced digital and like Blu-ray and all that stuff. And I'm like, yes, holding out strong. Fuck you, Tom Cruise. <laughs> Congratulations, you beat the system. You win. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, Rick Moranis would ultimately do three of these and uh, disappear. He did a couple voiceover works. I think he did. Uh, he played a moose in Brother Bear, and then he returned as Dark Helmet in an episode of The Goldbergs. But that's it since the 90s. Dude, how does the Goldbergs keep doing that? Like They got him to come out. They pulled off getting Robert England to fucking don the Freddy makeup after he said he was done. He wasn't even showing up at conventions in it anymore. He's like, okay, I'll do it for the show real quick, but then that's it. I'm like, how the fuck are they? What are they doing to sweet talk these people? 
I have no fucking clue, but they need to. I I, I got to figure out who's like making these deals because they are maybe the greatest influencer on the planet. I need them to talk to the Friday Thirteen people. You know, granted, apparently that you know that producer makes it sound like something's been made, like deals have been made behind closed doors. Finally, we're about to get some news. Possibly, Can you imagine this. Whoever is doing this talks to Cunningham, and like a week later. Jason Voorhees shows up on the Goldbergs. <laughs> oh my God. God. It is amazing. I don't know what, I've never seen an episode of that show. I have no interest, yeah. but I'm, I am very impressed by how they were able to do that twice. Yeah. I haven't seen an episode. I've only seen the clip of farting. So I was like, well, I have to at least see this clip. I'm not watching the full episode for this one scene. And it was a good, it was a funny scene. I laughed, but like, yeah, I'm impressed with how they're pulling this off. <laughs> well, I don't know. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids has an IMDb score of 6.4, Rotten Tomato score of 78%. It was a colossal hit for Disney, grossing 222 million on a budget of only 18 million. That was in 1989. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah. Again, I always tell people like with these numbers, because I know we live in a war to fucking. Spider-Man No Way Home crosses a billion in like a week because, you know, it's like the most anticipated thing on the earth. Um, Black Panther, you know, is anticipated to do, do that much and more. Um, they are tracking huge numbers for that. This was before this shit was common, though. So, like, in yeah. 89 when this came out, like, that that's impressive. Domestic box office for 1989. Highest grossing film was Batman. Uh Second place was Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Third place was Lethal Weapon 2. Fourth place was Rain Man. Fifth place, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. It was the fifth highest grossing domestic film in 1989. Uh, Globally, it was... How do I get them? It's always... Yeah, they always give me domestic. I don't want domestic. I want to know. The whole world matters to me. All right, still Batman. (laughs) Still... Batman. <laughs> Regardless, though, that's that's impressive numbers. Yeah, um, so that's pretty, I don't I don't dwell on Batman because then it makes me think about how I'm not going to get the Batman too anytime soon. I'm pissed because I've expressed how that's been my favorite adaptation they've done. I know. Uh, it spawned two sequels, a TV show spinoff, a ride at Disneyland called "Honey, We Shrunk the Audience," which is no longer active, and a impending imp- reboot that we'll talk about. So yeah, taking it out for something different. I know they take some of the rides down and put something else in place of it. Yeah, they always, you know, you, you got to swap out because people nowadays, no one's riding the Honey I Shrunk the Kids ride. <laughs> like they got, yeah. they got to throw in like you know Elsa's Frozen Adventure or something. Yeah, that's why it's impressive when they can like the fact that the Haunted Mansion has stayed there for as long as it's had. Like they have not had to take it down. I'm like, props, hell yeah, yeah. Splash Mountain somehow survived all that racist shit from Song of the South until like a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah. No then more, no more Briar people, Rabbit. <laughs> yeah, and then people started caring. Yeah, no, I don't want. I really am trying to hold off on going down that whole rabbit hole until a certain film we'll talk about at the end of the year that I got plugged in. <laughs> you might touch on it briefly tomorrow with Reefer Madness and how it I relate, but yeah. Gotcha. Um. So let's discuss Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Um, I remember on my tape, it started with a Roger Rabbit cartoon called Tummy Trouble. 
Yeah, on all the old Disney tapes, you would um get cartoons that played before the movie. But a Roger Rabbit cartoon, like that was rare. You know, they were only, you know, there was Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and then there was this cartoon, and that is it. Yeah. Well, I mean, now, now you go on Disney Plus, that cartoon, I think, is like right up there. Yeah. I think they I, up, yeah. I watched it before I watched this because I was like, I remember that. And I watched it. And I'm like, I had these, this like wave of nostalgia hit me because I remembered all these beats. And it was, it was cute. And he totally fucked Jessica after that because the way they were talking, they were, shit was going to happen. <laughs> anyway. God. <laughs> yeah. Watch the cartoon, then you tell me what if you think I'm wrong. I don't. I don't know. I'm look. There's probably fucking animated, fan made shit out there. So we know. Yeah. I'm sure you're not the only one that thought it. There are people that acted on it and have made money off it. All right. So the uh, the opening credits are a cool animated sequence that I always thought was neat. I wrote that down. Um, it, I like when films do that. Um, there's this horror. I watched a couple years ago when I was getting ready to go to a horror convention back in Washington. Uh, Night of the Demons, right? First gonna kill me if I fuck this name. Yeah, Night of the Demons. Uh, but it has it has an animated like opening that's all like Halloweeny and spooky, and I was like, hey, I like it. So yeah, when I saw this, I was like, hey, animated opening, fuck yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then I saw cool. Brian using those and Stuart goes, and went, what the hell is happening right now? <laughs> I also love James Horner's uh, impressive score. The co- the score is very kind of whimsical and wacky and weird, and I like that. Well, if it's the movie, which I, I pointed this out on my notes, how the movie, you know, essentially, this film mainly just takes place in the backyard. Like, it does not escape, except for one scene of Rick Moranis going to get his wife, does it escape the ha- confines of these two houses? But besides that, it stays contained to that. Yeah. Um. So it's like, it's a small film, but they do a good job making it feel epic like an epic adventure film and the score is one of the ways they pulled that off. I know it's like, they really went from a more epic feeling, even though this is a small scale, you know, family movie. Well, these shrinking movies are always like that. They always take the mundane and make them extraordinary. That's always really cool. Yeah. And this one does a, does a really good job with it. I, I always thought it was weird how quickly Wayne turns on the machine. Like he's so quickly, he's like, he goes from this is my life's work. I'm gonna figure this out to ten years of research and starts destroying it. I'm like, holy shit, dude! Think and about this. The, and tells the dog, "Fucking, they don't come in here to this glass ever." I was like, "Yeah, you caused it." A line always made me laugh. I don't. I don't remember. I don't really know why. It's just it's so dumb. Is when the, the phone's ringing and Cork is barking and Rick Moranis just goes, "It's not for you." <laughs> that was made me chuckle. Yeah, I think it's I know like we always talk to like as someone who is a dog owner, you talk to your dog after a while, like it's a person when it's not. Oh, when I saw the movie, um, you kind of saw an action when I had to make sure to calm down during prey because of the dog being a humongous part of that film. I found out, um, but of course I'm not thinking. I turned the damn movie on and the dog shows up and man, Duke fucking popped his head up and got off. I shot off my couch so fast and it was like. No, it's a fucking dog on. Like I'm talking about as if he can even understand me. I'm like, it's on the fucking TV. Sit your ass on the couch. Don't. And he just kind of looked at me like, oh. Emmett <laughs> Cork, you're scaring Duke. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I always thought the neighbor kids were, were kind of annoying, especially Red Hat. He always got on my nerves. Yeah, especially about say the younger brother got on my nerves quite a bit. He was he was a prick. Um. I. 
Real quick, the line, I just saw of a line, because you mentioned the line that made you laugh. I don't know why this made me laugh so hard, but like when the sister puts the breakfast on the table, it's all burnt. And the kid just looks at it and looks at it and goes, I want a special diet, no toxic waste. <laughs> I get such a, a laugh out of that line. I love when she gives it to the dog and he won't eat it. But also we get some nice foreshadowing when he brings out the box of oatmeal cream pies because he's eating those constantly. I mean, I don't blame him. Oatmeal cream pies are fucking delicious. Yeah, they're good. And that was always like the coolest moment for me when they find the giant oatmeal cream pie in the in the yard and they just start like tearing into that thing. Like that would be so cool to just jump into a cream cookie. <laughs> Wrong since, you know, cream you're jumping into. Yes. Okay. okay. Um, the scene where Wayne tries to like pitch his shrink ray to pe- to like his colleagues, and they're all just like, "You fucking idiot!" <laughs> they're all, all just like, "Don't respect him in the slightest." And that keeps going throughout the entire franchise, despite his increasingly more powerful inventions. That he's clearly smart and knows what he's doing. Everyone's like, "Ah, that fucking Zelensky." Every, every movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was cracking me, especially because you have his neighbor who I love how they did that. Where, like, at one point, the Zelensky's look at the uh, one of the kids looks in there and goes, Man, what a bunch of weirdos! And then they do the reverse of that, where the Dakin goes, Man, what a bunch of weirdos! <laughs> that scene where the, the dad of like the neighbor dad, uh, Russ, is uh. He meets his fishing buddy and they do that weird like reel in thing with the fish hand and it's like these fucking nerds. Yeah. <laughs> I like how he keeps trying to smoke when he gets stressed and his wife's like, are you smoking? Nope. And he just takes I also totally forgot that um, Buffy's mom was in this. Yeah, as soon as I was like, she looks familiar and I looked it up and I was like, oh my god. Yeah, cool. <laughs> You're alive, Troyce. Yes. <laughs> Aw. Ouch. Yes, that was a that was a fucking hard episode to get through, and not because it's bad. It's wow, yeah, it's beautiful. It's an incredible episode, but geez, it was just too real. It was you know all of a sudden real death, real consequences, real situations in my magic demon vampire show. Yeah, I just signed up for this. How dare you do this to me, Buffy? (laughs) Ah, whenever I see Christine Sutherland in something, I'm always like, she made it. She's alive. She beat the aneurysm. She's fine. (laughs) Uh, I want to say something real quick about the production design of this movie. Uh, Well fucking done. This really does feel like, you know, the small world made scarily big at at every moment. And I'm I'm really surprised this didn't get any kind of like awards attention from the Oscars. I was about to say, again, I put my notes, a lot of the effects hold up. Like the, the stop motion actually looks really good compared to like a few times they use it looks really good how they pull off whatever it looked like they pulled off a lot of in-camera tricks to make them appear small mm-hmm. so it, it looks really good to the point that when they did do the cgi at the end when they came out came back to normal size that was like the only glaring thing where i'm like because everything else still looked so great i was watching mm-hmm. going oh there's a green screen back there that and the 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 bit where um Nick and uh, Russ get picked up by the bee. That was a little wonky too, but it's, you know, it's 1989. I'm okay. With it. I don't care. 
Yeah, I'm gonna say it's from '89, so I don't care. It's just like it just stands out, just because everything else is so fucking well done. Yeah. But at the same time, like again, I'm like, if you're going to trudge an '89 film, like, uh, come on. Um. Oh shit! Before I forget, it just popped in my head. Sorry, this is gonna be random. But we talked about Disney films earlier. Angels in the Outfield. I fucking adore that movie. I had that on tape as a kid. I know. I've been trying to hunt down a fucking DVD at the very least or Blu-ray, but like Disney's made that so impossible. Yeah, a lot of their films are hard to get. It's thankfully we can watch them on Disney Plus. But yes, yeah, I remember that movie. There were like two sequels. I did not watch them. I did not care. <laughs> I haven't yeah, seen that movie since I was like five. I don't remember anything about dude, it. I fucking adored that film. So I watched it all the time. I remember like legitimately exciting and just going left. And stuff after like oh my god he's doing more stuff he's surviving it this curse of child actor um you know christopher lloyd danny glover that was actually my introduction to danny glover because it was like the only thing he did that i could watch at the time <laughs> um yeah that that movie is fucking wonderful if i can get my hands on a copy i'm, I'm fucking buying it regardless of what it's on because it's actually still not on blu-ray so <laughs> well, i'll keep a lookout for you at the secondhand stores i visit oh yeah I was okay, regardless, as long as it's not VHS, I don't have the means to watch it on VHS. I gotta get you a tape. What am I, a savage? No way. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry, I forgot that earlier. So, yeah, Angels and Apple is another one that I fucking adored. Um, is it just me or do the kids not seem all that freaked out initially when they got shrunk? Like, I would be screaming. I'm sure in the original horror script it was they were screaming bloody murder, but in this one, they're like, "Oh, family adventure!" Yeah, they're all just like, "Oh, it's almost like this happens all the time," which I get if it's the third movie, but the first time this is like. But also, I always I never really understood how the baseball suddenly made the shrink ray not destroy things. That was something I was like the. The more they don't try to explain that, the better off they are because it doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I love when they get swept up and end up in the garbage and now they're, you know, 10 feet from the house, but that's a three mile hike through the jungle, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, they have a lot of cool, like when they get into the yard, a lot of really cool stuff they do with like um, dodging the water droplets. That's oh, a that was... really neat scene. That was intense. The sprinkler and yeah, Amy almost dies. Yeah. I, and again, that leads to like, you know, Rick Moran is finding out that, oh my God, they're in the backyard. So he's like finding ways to try not to hurt them. I love when he's climbing on the fence and Big Russ is like, what the hell's he doing? Yeah. I like when the people come to his backyard, they're like, hey, Mr. Zelensky's like, don't get on the grass. He's like, it's a very delicate lawn. <laughs> trying to explain himself. And then when he's on the like pendulum thing he's got going, where he's just kind of sweeping through, swooping through the, the lawn, and then later when Quark like flings <laughs> his ass across the, the fence, that was you used to see him in, like the pool and the water splash up in the background. I just love seeing him sw- soaring super fast, screaming his head off. <laughs> I I'm a sucker for when they do those like those shots. You just see someone flying in the background like they did that. It's like a induce of hazard when like um Sean William Scott for some reason put on that helmet and just kept fucking flying into frame during the bar fight. Oh, it was killing me because I'm like, this is why why still not just seeing him go into frame. It's like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I love that. 
great comedic timing. Uh, I love when his wife gets involved, and now she's also on the the thing. <laughs> and their marital problems never really come up. They're like mentioned that like she stayed at a hotel, and then all of a sudden they're fine. <laughs> yeah, they 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 don't because it's like oh mom's not here. And I remember watching when I was watching like oh she on a business trip. And they're like no she's in a hotel. And I was like fuck she's at a hotel. I guess the shrink ray was getting in the way of their yes. marriage. I did like when he went to go grab her. And he's like, uh tells his son to mow the, the yard and it's already like, and you and you need to clean that house. And he just kind of looks at me and goes, Good luck. <laughs> I like leaves. I like when he's telling he's trying to tell his wife what happened. And he's like, uh, here's my couch. And she's like, machine works. Did the kids know? And he's like, Yeah. Yeah, the kids know. (laughs) I shrunk them and the Thompsons. (laughs) What? I like as he's doing that, she grabs the fucking um, magnifying glass on his head. So he's like, his head's tilted while he's explaining it. Oh, God. Yeah, it's because. All right. So there's the B, which is an intense scene. Uh, I thought that was cool. Uh, we talked about the water where Amy almost dies and Russ shows his true colors and brings her back. And uh, yeah. yeah, that was cool. Big uh, little Russ, as he's sometimes called. They have that weird, I don't know why they threw in the fact that he can't whistle. That seems like such a weird little bit to it does, yeah. focus on, especially since it never comes back into play at, any, at all. <laughs> I think the only thing they got from was like the blow and then, you know, put your lips together and blow. I'm like, you should know how to do CPR. Like, blow air into their mouth. Is that what that was doing? That's what I thought. Yeah. That does make sense. Because it is 89. So, like, I would think CPR classes won't as done as, like, they are now. Where, like, I know for me being in the military, I have to take CPR classes. We told Nick he learned in French class. I was like, I love the, the uh, spends the whole movie trying to figure that out. I do, yeah. He's just like the whole, and then he finally gets it at the end. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that, that that was a good scene. I did uh, the when they when they have to try to escape and then proceed to tame the ant. And <laughs> that was good. Name becomes their friend. <laughs> yeah, he becomes their friend. I'm like, what? Okay. Well, I love that he becomes. What the hell is the red 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 hat kid? Ron, I want to say. I already forgot his name. I just know he was a fucking nuisance. I know that's why I never bothered to learn his name because I just did not like him. Uh, his name was uh Ron. I was right. I said Ron, right? Fuck it, Ron. Yeah, red hat Ron. He becomes kind of like. Auntie's best friend, and he's the one who's most hurt when that scorpion fucks that ant up. Yeah, he gets really sad. Where are they? Where they can have like a beautiful lawn, scorpions? Like where? Where are they supposed to be? California? Probably. I mean, also, have you have you actually dealt with a scorpion? Like, have you seen how small they can be? Yeah, I'm in Texas. Of course, I've dealt with scorpions. I just wanted to make sure. Okay. Yeah, those fuckers are terrifying. Yeah, they're small. I can see how in. Yeah, they could probably be hiding in grass about that that high. Usually, I wouldn't. 
I've only seen them in places like Texas. I don't, but that was scary though. That scorpion showed up. Anti, we lost Anti. We lost Anti. I've also hey, scorpions can do some damage. I've seen the Jackass movies. I've seen Jackass forever. (laughs) Um, yeah, and Russ and Amy start making out. Oh yeah, I was proud. I was proud. I was like, there you go, had a boy. (laughs) Do you think that? These kids all had just severe PTSD after this situation. I would. I wouldn't look at fucking water, ants, scorpions the same again. I'd be like, oh, my God. I'd never go in the yard again. I'd be like, I'm not going back there. I don't care every what ant, could happen. Every, <laughs> every ant would be anti to me. I'd be like, oh, my God, anti. <laughs> I just see one. I break down one day. <laughs> I, I love the lawnmower sequence. Oh, that it, was awesome. I was so well set up earlier in the movie. And then this kid, this like probably a decent kid, but looks like a smarmy little shit when he's doing it, mowing the lawn in this malicious way. It was, it was weird because he doesn't have oh, yeah. anybody in there. Well, what I love is when they rush out the parents and he's all thinking like, Oh, they're mad at me. Cause I was late. Cause he had agreed to mow the lawn. So he's like, I'm sorry. I know I'm a little late here. <laughs> <laughs> And they have to like cover it up. It's like, no, 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 you're fine. Just go to the house. It's safer that way. And I hear he goes, safer that way. Yeah, nobody ever really questions the weird behavior here. Even the Thompsons are like, you're full of shit. When they tell them what happened, they're like, fuck off. No. Well, I love how there's just the weird family. So everyone's just like, okay, whatever, weirdos. If you look on the, um, when the cops show up, I love that. It's like, there must be some mistake. Our kids are in the backyard. Goodbye. <laughs> not suspicious in the slightest. And she like faints in the background. Oh, you saw like the fucking headpiece on. <laughs> well, when when you see on the um the police scanner uh Zelensky's address, you see like fourteen or something counts of disturbing the peace. That clearly the Thompsons have called the cops about Wayne before. Jesus. Um, they get on the dog. They immediately end up in the house because the dog finally defeats that cat. Because <laughs> he's the dog. The big bad dog. That also almost scared my own dog. <laughs> he's way bigger than that dog. <laughs> when I was a kid, I thought the dog's name was Cork. C-O-R-K. Not Cork, like the science term, which makes way more sense. It does make way more sense, but it's way tougher to say. <laughs> it is, isn't yeah. it? quark it's a weird word yeah it's really weird but yeah like yeah he uh the dog doggo comes through and sure enough whistling paid off because he heard that shit (laughs) and then nick ends up in the cheerios which was terrifying and really well well shot yeah every time they did this i was like oh god i thought he was like don't eat me dad yeah thank god for quark now again if this was you know the R-rated horror film. Oh, he would have been in. Yeah. You imagine, like, do you ever look in your cereal, or do you just eat it absentmindedly? Uh, the so first one. I'm not really a cereal eater. Like, I, I just don't ever really eat cereal. But the few times I have, I just eat it absentmindedly. I do not look in it. Yeah, it's a good thing Wayne decided to just look down briefly and notice his kid in the, in the cereal. Oh, it's great. Um, yeah, then they get 
I love what they test it on on Big Russ, and they're not even entirely sure it's gonna. They don't test it on an inanimate object. They test it on the fucking neighbor. Yeah, well, I like how right before he does, he goes, "Well, hopefully this should work or whatever the fuck he said." He's like, "Huh?" <laughs> sure. And it almost falls off the chair. Yeah. <laughs> ah, apparently that guy was a uh, Max Headroom. You you remember that whole thing? Max Headroom. It was like the weird cyber, oh, cyber guy in the eighties. Yeah, oh videos. shit! They're bringing that back. That's right. They're bringing that back. I forgot about that. Yeah, that guy was the uh, the original Max Headroom. Pretty cool. Oh, that's why he. That's why he looks familiar. He's supposed to be coming back for the new reboot that they're doing in Max Headroom. Um. Yeah, they're bringing it back. Uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, like this is the only part where like the CGI, it's it's wonky, but I mean, hey, it works. I get it. I understand. They probably didn't, they didn't have a huge budget to work with. And now Amy and Russ are gonna go out because they hooked up in the yard. <laughs> Imagine that's their first date story. Yeah, when we were small, we hooked up in the yard. I hope they phrase it exactly like that. Because that's so fucked up. <laughs> we made out in a Lego. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was inside the Lego. <laughs> but not her. And then a scorpion killed my auntie. <laughs> <laughs> I just I really hope that kid just forever remembers auntie. She says like a shrine. <laughs> it's auntie. He becomes like an entomologist determined to like save ants. <laughs> he becomes like the John Wick of this morning goes after that scorpion like years later all he got to do is go next door and stop it I'm sure he did that immediately <laughs> this is for auntie boom ah, so one thing I do have a problem with here is the ending where we're you know it's Thanksgiving and there's this giant ass turkey and a huge ass biscuit but then in the second movie Wayne is trying to build a machine that can make things bigger. Well, we've established Wayne isn't the best scientist, but also the best scientist. He's a he's the smartest idiot I've ever seen, or this like stupidest genius. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean it does make sense. I did. I remember when I saw that biscuit because uh, I know uh, you you saw it for everyone who's wondering how I feed my dog at night. He gets a biscuit every night at night uh, after his after his meal. And he fucking lose. He loves the biscuit. He is at my side waiting for me to open the box and give it to him. Um, so I can't imagine me like, hey, Duke, you want me to enlarge your biscuit? See how long it takes you to eat that? <laughs> I mean, he's effectively solved world hunger straight up. Uh, but yeah, in the, in the second movie, he's trying to figure out how to make things bigger. And I'm like, you, you got to switch on the shrink rate. Just do that. Just do that. <sighs> I mean, look. You may have solved world hunger, but let's just be honest. Is it ever truly solved? Elon Musk put a number to how we can solve world hunger, and then he decided to buy Twitter instead. Isn't and then amazing? back out of that Twitter deal. That amazing a billionaire can be like, this is how much we can, we need to solve world hunger, and I have that much, and I could do this, but instead I'd rather not do that. Well, yeah, I mean, but we also, it's been coming to light how much he ex, ex, uh, exploits his workers as company. So. Oh, he's a total piece of shit. I just think it takes some real balls to literally put a number on it and say, I could, but I won't. Yeah, and so I want to buy Twitter and then get cold feet and back out of the deal and get sued, but go party, because I don't care less if you sue me. Amazing. 
but that's Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Uh, I like it. It's a fun movie. It's got some great moments. The effects hold up pretty well, and I love the production design. Yeah, no, it's this is a solid film. Um, like I said, after somebody who hasn't seen it in years, it, it holds up. It's it's holds up. It's I can see why Work Moranis went ahead and did two more films in this. He's clearly having fun. Like I said, they do a really good job of making it a very small scale movie seem much bigger with the concept. Um, and yeah, I wish Disney would do be more adventurous with the live action output. Like I said, if you want to count the shit that they dis- distribute now between Marvel, Star Wars, and now 20th Century Fo- uh, Studios, sorry, I was about to say Fox, uh, we got 20th Century Studios doing R-rated shit that they d- distribute, so we got that much. We don't say Fox anymore. That's a bad word. I can't wait to see how Deadpool 3 will address all of this when it comes out. It's going to be great. Um, here are some film guys and facts for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I thought you would appreciate this. Number one, in an early version of the script, there were five kids, one of which died during the sprinkler sequence. They were going to kill off another kid. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I, I want to read. Oh, God, I wish they had just let use nothing. Gordon write the fucking script just to see what like an aria version of this would have been. You imagine like a kid drowns and they just leave, like what do they take his body? Do they leave him there? Like what? How do you handle that? Is it the neighbor kid? Is it like Nick's brother? What happened? Who was this kid? They just make him. Uh, they just bury him. Just maybe it was the kid that did the lawn. You know, maybe he had a bigger role. They just shove him into the cookie, like. They hollow out some of the cream and they just put him in there. <laughs> like a like a chewy mausoleum. Hope no one notices when they chew and probably feel the taste of bone at some point. Who's eating who's picking up a cookie they found in the yard and, and eating it? I mean the there dog's you. gonna eat it, but who else? The dog. <laughs> oh god. Can you imagine like Quark starts eating a cookie. He spits something out. You grab it with tweezers, and it's a tiny, tiny pair of glasses. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! I, I, I like that idea of like had this like a horror, a horror road version of this movie where they came back to the house, but like people are dying. They're dying of starvation. It starts becoming Lord of the Fly. You know, it's like a fucking three hundred mile hike to the house because they're so tiny. That would be neat. This. This like you know story has never really been done with horror. It's been done with sci-fi and comedy and adventure all the time, but they've never really done a horror version of this kind of you know shrink thing. I think that would be really fun. I would watch it. Yeah. Um, number two, for the scene in which Nick drops into a bowl of cereal of uh, Cheerios cereal, a tank was filled with sixteen thousand gallons of a milk-like substance made from chlorinated water food thickener, and pigment. The Cheerios were made from tractor inner tubes 12 feet in diameter coated in foam. So they just made their own giant bowl of cereal. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's awesome. They do something similar with uh, onion dip in the third movie, which is pretty impressive. Wow. Okay. I'll talk more about that in a minute. Uh, number three, the animated short Tummy Trouble was released theatrically with this movie. Many credit the success of this film towards audiences wanting to see more of Roger Rabbit. Regrettably, they would not. <laughs> so, yeah. 
God, and that was back when like people were usually paid for their ticket and stayed in the movie theater. It was like, oh well, we cleared out our day for this, so I guess we're watching this whole movie now. <laughs> oh my god. The first sequel, 1992's Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Great title. Which sees Wayne Zelinsky trying to build an enlarging ray that accidentally balloons his toddler son Adam into a hundred foot monster that takes on Las Vegas. Not bad. Uh, Lloyd Bridges is in this. Pretty cool. Um, the original Nick came back, uh, Diane and Amy, but Amy's only in it briefly and then goes to college. And is not seen again in the whole movie, so I don't know why they even bothered bringing her back. Okay, they could just bring her out, but okay. Yeah. Um, the original title was Honey, I Blew Up the Baby, but uh, that was not greenlit because the implications of that are way worse than what this movie's about. I like how they're like, you can't say baby, but if you say kid, it's cool. <laughs> I guess it's more PC to blow up a toddler than it is to blow up a baby, I guess. Um, this movie was Carrie Russell's first film. Uh, was she, uh, she was 16 years old. This was her debut. Um, tons of product placement, like a, an outrageous amount of product placement. Hard Rock Cafe paid dearly for this movie. <laughs> Um, then there was, it's actually not a bad movie. I thought it was pretty good. All of these are on Disney plus, by the way, if you want to watch them. Oh, okay. Next was 1997's honey. We shrunk ourselves in which Wayne gets a taste of his own medicine when he accidentally shrinks himself, his wife, his brother, and his brother's wife. Now the kids have to figure out what happened to their parents. This was Disney's first live action direct video movie. Oh boy. Yep. And it looks like it. There's not a lot of stakes. Nobody really seems like they're in that much danger. Uh, one, of, one of the kids is a young Allison Mack who uh, demands that her brother and her brother's or her brother and her uh, cousin quote, be her slaves for the night. Oh boy, that's age like fine wine. Ooh, I did not. Yeah. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, look up the Nexium cult and you will know what I'm talking about. Oh boy. Um, a young Mila Kunis is in this one. Um, and it's really just, you know, everyone's kind of fine. The CGI is particularly bad. And uh, they recast Diane into this like angry, mean shrew who's constantly bitching about her marriage in front of Wayne and in front of her kids. And like, they seem fine. Like she's just making shit up because they need some conflict. It's it's it was weird. Like Diane's always there to help, but not in this one. So that's okay. I wonder if like doing that direct live action video because I know they they didn't do that for a long time. I wonder if that was what kind of led the way to Disney Channel original movies. They were like, oh wait, we have Disney Channel. We can just yeah, want to put direct video. Oh, just do it on Disney Channel. I bet it was instrumental. Uh, Also, this is the only directorial credit for dean cundy who uh was the uh cinematographer behind a lot of john carpenter's work and a lot of robert zemeckis's work jesus christ yeah crazy <laughs> you think he said there, he goes, you guys know i did like halloween and escape from new york and things like that right they're like yeah and you want to do the third honey i shrunk the kids movie you're gonna film rick moranis falling into a vat of onion dip in the middle of a teenage party with a bunch of kids with chips going at him. (laughs) 
Uh, then there was a TV spinoff titled Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the TV show, creative title, that aired on the Disney Channel from 97 to 2000, ran for three seasons before its cancellation. And basically, it, it didn't shrink every episode. It was always like some wacky new invention for Wayne to be like, hey, look what I'm about to fuck up this family with. Oh, okay. and yeah, it lasted three seasons. I remember watching a, like an episode when I was a kid and thinking this is nowhere near as good as it thinks it is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I ever watched that show. I, I, I mean, I watched Disney Channel as a kid growing up, but I, it was my least watched between like Nickelodeon and a uh, Cartoon Network. I usually tune in for like things like Kim Possible. Hmm. I didn't really. I watched House of Mouse. I liked that show because it was like all the Disney characters. Yeah, I, I remember I watched like Kim Possible. I watched That's So Raven on there. Um. There was some more stuff. The Disney Channel movies, like I said, I was a big fan of as a kid. I watched those all the time. There was an episode of House of Mouse where Jafar was like demanding that Mickey Mouse bring him the lamp or he's going to shut down his club. And Mickey's like, all right. So he went to the Cave of Wonders. He got you know the lamp. And Jafar's like, I don't want that. I want your lamp from your dressing room. I'm a big fan. So Mickey gave him like this Mickey Mouse lamp and Jafar's like, finally, I have the lamp. It's really stupid, but I like seeing, you know, like Jafar and Robin Hood and Ariel. and Goofy Yeah, and I think I remember watching that that show a couple of times all the time. Yeah, it was fun. It was a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Um, they, did, they did have the Buzz Lightyear show on there. I do remember watching that as a kid. Star, Yeah, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah, that and House of Mouse are not on Disney Plus, and I don't know why. That's weird. They yeah. own everything in that, in that, but okay. I don't understand it. It's crazy. I want to watch both of those so bad, but I can't. Uh, There's currently a reboot in development at Disney, currently called Shrunk. Uh, Joe Johnston is returning to direct. Rick Moranis is returning as Wayne Zielinski. And Josh Gad is currently cast as a grown-up Nick Zielinski. Uh, It's in pre-production. No release date set yet, but uh, looks like they're going ahead on this. It does. I mean, to credit again... Like I said, the only studio that seems like the cancel of WB Disney seems to be pretty good about like when they announce something for Disney Plus, it comes out. Very rarely does it not. Um, oh, that that was like obviously of I forgot these two shows I used to watch on Disney Channel, but like because I loved Even Stevens and I used to watch the Lizzie McGuire show. Um, and I remember that was one of the few ones where like they announced a sequel series to Lizzie McGuire, but then like she clashed with them and. She basically would do what iCarly on Paramount Plus is doing, which is like, hey, it's still the show, but it has matured with the audience and with the characters. They touch on subjects that obviously you don't may not want your kid to know about. Yeah, and that was her idea. Like, no, I'm not doing a kiddie show. Like, it's it's her in her fucking thirties. Like, it, it's going to have some more adult topics to talk about. And Disney's like, I don't know about that. So that was one of the few things that wasn't outstanding to happen, but. They have a pretty good track record of outside of that being like, hey, this movie's coming out. I mean, we're finally getting Hocus Pocus 2 this year. Like, they've talked about that for years. We're getting it. So, I, I won't be surprised if, like, maybe next year we see Shrunk come out. Disney stands by their write-offs. Like, even if they don't have confidence in it, they still let us see it. Yeah, they're like, well, we'll put it out, see what the audience does. Yeah. Assholes. Not Disney for once. Warner Brothers. <laughs> yeah so i know they had i know obviously the pandemic probably slowed down when they wanted to release it yeah. 
So, but I'm sure probably like I, w- I would say if we're lucky next year. The last time we all got to see Rick Moranis was in a Mint Mobile commercial with Ryan Reynolds. That's the last time I remember seeing him and thinking, oh, my God, he's back. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> kind of. Like I said, I'm, I'm really hoping. I'm trying to stay hopeful that if he is enthused with this, that he, they're sweet-talking him for the new Ghostbusters film. I would love to see his character come back so much. Everyone loves him. He could write his own ticket. He could put any number on a check that he wants, and they will pay it. Yeah. I, I truly believe he is the, the renaissance that audiences don't know they want. Yeah. I want a renaissance. Anyway. I just sound like it's like, for some reason I was thinking The Walking Dead when you said that. <laughs> Speaking of which, did you hear Andrew Lincoln's going to be on Dotoro's show on Netflix? Oh, neat. The Cabinet of Curiosities. Cool. Yeah, apparently Netflix is all in Dotoro because they're doing his Cabinet of Curiosity show for Halloween, October 25th through 28th, the main big series event, and then his Pinocchio movie. And we're getting a Rick Grimes miniseries now, right? Yeah, from Walking Dead, but I I could care less outside of the, the part three of three finale. <laughs> I can't express how like Walking Dead has been the one of the few times like you know me. I try to watch when some some love everything, some completionist. Walking Dead is one of the few things that because it's gone so down here, I'm like, fuck you, just give me the rest of the main show. I'm not doing your spinoffs. I'm done after this main show is over. <laughs> Yeah, that submarine spinoff just showed up and nobody fucking knew about it. Yeah. Like I was I was I was I think moving through AMC Plus just looking for stuff and I saw like The Walking Dead. I don't even know what it's fucking called. And I'm like, oh, Nick Stahl. Oh, I remember hearing about this. <laughs> there was no advertisements for it. It was just like blah. You gotta there tell people you're releasing something or else they're not gonna know it's there. <laughs> Your audience for Walking Dead is not as big as you think it is. This is called advertising. For more tips, check out further episodes. God damn it. I give Honey, I Shrunk the Kids an 8. It's a fun, wacky movie with impressive production design and pretty good characters. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. An 8. Fun movie, great characters. Definitely yes. something I'll watch again. Yeah, for sure. If I ever find like a trilogy on Blu-ray, I'll get them. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. If you like the show, feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Filmgasm Productions. If you want to suggest films for us to check out, you can email us at filmgasm at gmail.com or send us a message there. Uh, check out our website, filmgasm.com, where I have been fucking killing it on, on reviews lately. We also have a new article up by Austin and, of course, all of our shows. So feel free to check that out, filmgasm.com. If you want to support the show on Anchor, you can click on support this podcast on your preferred provider. We appreciate whatever you feel like we deserve. Next week, we keep the random picks rolling as we go back to horror to the 2008 home invasion thriller, The Strangers. A young couple in an isolated vacation home are terrorized by three masked strangers who chose them randomly. Remembered as a cult favorite and a genuinely scary movie, we'll be covering The Strangers next week. And I know you're very excited for this. Yeah, I'm a big fan of The Strangers. I'm actually trying to figure out where I have it. Oh, there it is. Yeah, I'm a big fan uh, of The Strangers. <laughs> oh, sorry. Love it. Can't, uh, can't wait to watch it. Um, I'm also a big fan of the sequel, Strangers Pray at Night. Um, 
it's a fucking crime that that film didn't do as good. It's, it's such a fun ride, and apparently, we're about to get three more. Uh huh. Yeah, I'll look into all that. I'm I'm rocking a DVD I got for three bucks at Walmart, so it won't be the same viewing experience, but I'm excited nonetheless. I mean, my Blu-ray is an old Blu-ray, and this was before I was like, you know what? If they have a better copy of film, I like I'll upgrade to that copy. Yeah. So I remember when I ordered off Amazon the second movie. They sent me the first one was the Screen Factory thing, but I didn't fucking think about it too much, and I sent it back. So I'm like, well, I ordered the second film, not the first film. And now I went. Now I'm sitting there going, I should have fucking kept that. I'm a dumbass. I could have just reordered part two and then still had a better copy of part one. Wow. Yeah. That. Yeah. That's a fuck up. <laughs> yeah. I thought. I thought. I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. It's too late yeah. now. I haven't seen The Strangers since you showed it to me back in high school. So it's been a minute. Or it was after high school, but still sit around that area. We Rock watched it together. <laughs> uh, so I want I remember seeing Glenn Howard and thinking, what the fuck's Dennis doing here? And then he was dead. Yeah, he he pops up just randomly in the movie. You're like, oh, okay. That'll be fun. The strangers. Nice to tackle a nice home invasion thriller. You know, going back to our roots, so to speak. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Don't miss Reefer Madness on Fridays Beyond the Bad and coming home on Oscar Sunday. Until then, try not to get shrunk, but if you do, try to stay in the house. It's a jungle out there. Keep watching movies and we'll see you next week.